You have no idea how frightening it is to stand up in front of you all and sing for the first time. Bless your heart, Sandy. That was just wonderful. Thank you for the great message. Couldn't think of a better song. As we turn in our Bibles, please, to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. We're going to talk about our faithful friend. Our faithful friend. John chapter 15 and verse number 12. Follow along, please, as we read. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. If you'll read aloud with me, verse 16. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. What a friend like that. What a faithful friend. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your precious word. Help us now as we look in it. I pray, God, that you would speak to our hearts, encourage us to be a friend. Lord, someone that seeks the best for others. There's nothing better than to seek their salvation, to point them to you. Lord, I pray now that you would fill us with your love and your power. Fill me with your spirit, I pray. And Lord, I ask these things in Jesus' name, trusting you. Amen. If you have a faithful friend in this life, you are wealthy. You are blessed. If you have someone that you can call in times of, of joy and they'll rejoice with you and not be jealous, in times of sorrow, in times of storms, if you can call them and they will drop anything and they will come to your aid, that is a true and a faithful friend. But I'm telling you something. In order to have a true and a faithful friend, we need to be a true and a faithful friend. And Jesus is that true faithful friend. He reaches out before we ever reach to him. He's reaching out to us. And I want to remind you that the deepest need of the human heart is for intimacy, friendship, friendship, that close relationship. People go to church, statistically, I was reading about this, statistically, they're not going to church because of doctrine. That's way down on the totem pole. Now, it should be way up high. It should be number one. But in all actuality, what people say, the doctrine is not all that important. Furthermore, programs are not all that important. We just mentioned a lot of ministries. We have a whole, a whole page, a whole sheet full of ministries. But that's really not why people end up sticking and staying in a church. You know why people say that they stay in a church? It's because they have connections with people. They have friends in that church. They feel loved. They feel a part of something. 
And so I, I encourage you, please, as we think about this as a faithful friend, let's, let's look, please, in, in verse number 13. The Bible says, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. Now, we know that Jesus literally laid down his life. We know that. But today, we need to lay down some things about our life in order to be a friend to people. A faithful friend sticks a faithful friend spends time. A faithful friend is someone that does not uh, uh, just, is there just when the things are going well. A faithful friend sticks by your side. Proverbs 18 verse 24 says, A man that hath friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Now, you can choose your friends. You can't choose your family. <laughs> you can't choose your family. And uh, some people would say, well, wow, you know, uh, my family is a real, real blessing, real challenge at times and things. Well, so, they'd probably say the same thing about us, right? Say, say the same thing about you. But, uh, but you can choose your friends. It's interesting that the Bible says that he chose us. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. If you're going to be a true and a faithful friend, you're going to invest time. You're going to lay down your life. You're going to say, well, I was planning on doing this, but I'm going to spend time with you. I'm going to stick with you. A faithful friend sticks. A faithful friend stabs. Look at verse 14. Ye are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. You know, what a, you know what a real true friend does? A real true friend tells you the truth. Because they love you. They care about you. They're not going to gloss over. Listen, please. If you go to the doctor and, and you have a terrible disease, you want that doctor to tell you the truth. If you've got something, you know, wrong with your your appearance or something, something embarrassing, a true friend will walk up to you and say, hey, 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 come here, come here, come here. Everybody else would just sit back and, <laughs> look at that. Can you believe that? But a real friend would go, you know, hey, shh, shh, come here. And they'll help you fix that. They'll stab you with the truth. And we need to be, we need to be stabbed. We need, we need to be in, encouraged. The Bible, Bible tells us in Proverbs 27, verse 6, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. So if you have someone that will tell you the truth, that is a mark of a good, faithful friend. Was Judas, was he a friend to the Lord? when he came and kissed him on the cheek in the Garden of Gethsemane? That kiss of betrayal? Absolutely not. That's why the Bible says that the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Don't believe everything you hear. There are people that will just try to uh, brag on you and flatter you and all that kind of thing. Don't believe everything that they say. And just don't swallow flattery. Don't be vulnerable to that. Now, I know that we all have an ego, and I, I know that you know people try to act real pious and... and, and, and humble, and uh, look at Brother Paul Carpinko's tie. He's got the word, the letters, H-U-M-B-L-E, humble. His wife got that for him. You know, I was thinking about that. That, that did come, uh, I think, in that old cartoon, Charlotte's Web, humble. I, I, I don't know. But um, the, that we're to be humble. We're to be humble. So, 
don't, don't, uh, don't let someone gussy up to you and try to become your friend overnight. Friends are not toadstools. They're oak trees. They're built over time. And if someone comes in like a flash and they're your best buddy, guess what? They can be your worst enemy just as quickly. So invest time in, in uh, and, and, and also uh, a friend not only, uh, not only sticks and not only stabs, but also a friend sharpens. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 27, verse 17, Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Verse 15 in our text, Jesus is saying here, Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. A friend spends time. As you spend time with someone, you learn to trust that person. And as you trust that person, what do you do? You talk with them. You talk with them. Isn't it nice that you can share your heart and talk and, 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 and share your deepest needs? You only do that with someone who you can spend time with and someone who you can trust. And that's what Jesus said he does. He's a faithful friend. I call you not servants. Servants knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I've called you friends for all things that I've heard of my Father. I have made known unto you. I'm telling you these things. Okay, preacher. Jesus is a faithful friend. All right, I get it. I got it. Good. How's that going to help me? Well, remember the, the verse that says, he that hath friends must show himself friendly? So Jesus set an example. If you're going to have friends, you and I need to be a faithful friend. It's more than just shaking hands. Now, when folks come to our church, they should find a friendly church. As a church grows, there is no reason, hear me please, as a church grows, there is no reason that that church should not continue to be friendly. There should just be more folks. A, a friendly church is a growing church. And a growing church is a friendly church. When we get to the place that we say, well, I've got my seat. Nobody better take it either. I usually get here early. Last week, I didn't get here early. Somebody was in my seat. I didn't too much care for that. I shook hands with them and I smiled. But that is my seat. been my seat for years. Maybe God wants you to sit somewhere else and get to know some more people, you know. A friendly church is a growing church. So, uh, uh, Find out people's names. Introduce yourself. Find out what they do. Um, I, I, if, you'll, if you'll just say, okay, how do I be a faithful friend? I'm going to give you a report card. I'm going to see how you do. Hopefully, hopefully you'll make straight A's on this friend report card. And this might be a help to you. You might want to jot these down. And just to, just to kind of emphasize the thought of straight A's, they all begin with, with the letter A. First, if you're going to be a faithful friend, if you're going to be a, a, a friend like the Lord Jesus, you're going to find that people need to be accepted. They want to be accepted. They do. They want that. They crave that. 
Now, marriage is a, is, is a relationship that is based on commitment, and we accept one another, and we're committed to one another. Wouldn't it be marvelous if people came to a church and you had folks look you in the eye and they just sensed that they were accepted. Now, you know why we don't accept other people? Because a lot of times we don't accept ourselves. A lot of times we got, we got our own problems in our own heart and mind and we cannot reach out to somebody else because inside we're a mess. You say, well, that doesn't happen. It happens all the time. It happens all the time. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6, to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the beloved. God has accepted you. He has accepted you. I want to, I before we leave this thought of acceptance and accepting uh, people, uh, I, I want to help you for just a moment with this thought of, of your own heart, your own life. You see, grace, I, I think about the word grace. Grace is God accepting you. We just read about that. That he hath made us accepted in the beloved through Jesus Christ. So he accepts us. That's, that's what grace is. And then the thought of faith is us accepting his acceptance of us. Did you get that? Faith is us accepting or believing His grace, His acceptance of us. Oh, God would never love me. God could never love me. I, I'm, I'm just too awful. I'm too terrible. Listen, folks, we're all sinners. Every last one of us deserved to go to a devil's hell. There might be good sinners, bad sinners, atrocious sinners, but all of us are sinners. All we like sheep have gone astray. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And faith is us accepting His acceptance. Grace, faith, peace. Peace is because He has accepted me. I accept me. Not talking about some psychobabble here. Satan would try to give you false guilt and to keep you paralyzed from serving the Lord because you, have, um, uh, because you don't love yourself. Oh, preacher, that, that's terrible. We shouldn't love ourselves. We should love God. The Bible tells us that we're to, to love as we love ourselves. Husbands, love your wives as you love your own selves. If you don't love yourself, that's probably why you don't love your wife, as you should. Now, listen, please. I'm not saying that you're perfect. I'm not saying that I'm perfect. I'm far from it. But I'm accepted. God accepts me. We're accepted in the beloved. Ephesians 1, 6, we just read that. So that's his grace. And my faith is accepting that he has accepted me through Jesus Christ, through the blood of Calvary, through his shed blood that he paid for my atonement. And then I look at myself as a creation of God, and I accept me. And then I look around, and love is accepting you. I accept you. Because God accepts me, I can accept you. And then fellowship is you accepting me, accepting one another. 
All this about the, the, the thought that people want to be accepted. And God started it out. I know it's a lot to wrap our head around in a morning service. I understand that. But, but, but we, we need this today because people want to be accepted. And secondly, people want to be acknowledged. They want to be acknowledged. You go to the grocery store and you, and, and you walk up there to the cash register. And it used to be a cash register. Now it's just a computer. But um, you walk up there to the cashier and the cashier never looks at the customer. You know, doing, doing, you know, no, don't even do that anymore. They just boop, boop, boop. And what are we doing? We're reaching out for, for, for a card or something, and we're standing there at a little box. We're not looking at the cashier. We're waiting for our turn to slide that card in, making sure we don't slide it back out too soon, all that kind of stuff, you know. And, and whatever happened to looking someone in the eye and talking with them and acknowledge them, do you realize that they have an eternal soul that's going to live somewhere forever? And we have the greatest solution to life and to, and to eternity. And maybe that person, maybe their spouse just walked out on them that morning and left them and said, I'll never be back. I should never have married you. Maybe their child is, is in the hospital and they don't know what they're going to do and they wanted to be there with them, but they have to work. If they lose their job, then, then they lose their insurance, and they, and, 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 you know, but, but they're torn. And their little one is up there in the hospital at Arnold Palmer in the ICU. And we're busy waiting on little gizmo. Put our thing in. People want to be acknowledged. They want to be felt like that they, that they exist, that they're present. A man told his buddy, he said, I'm worried about my wife. He said, what's wrong? He said, she goes all around the house talking, just talking, everywhere, just talking. He said, well, well what's she saying? He said, I don't know. I think she thinks I'm listening to her. <laughs> we need to acknowledge People, we need to men, we need to acknowledge our wife and listen. It's been proven that in counseling, that a lot of the time, now not all, not all the time, not all the time, but but a lot of the times, and I've seen this borne out in that that if you just have a listening ear and you just take time to listen to, to someone, that can solve a lot of their problem. Acknowledged. Psalm 34, verse 15 says, The eyes of the Lord are open, are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. This is a God thing. He acknowledges us. He listens to us. Psalm 116, verse 1, I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplications. He's listening. People need to be acknowledged. People, number three, want to be appreciated. They want to be appreciated now, folks, this was not part of why I was doing this today, but it does fit in so well with the message. Um, Mark Twain said this. He said he could live, I think he said, three weeks on a single compliment. <laughs> People need a pat on the back. They want that. If you're going to be a true friend, you need to show appreciation to them. 
Jesus said he will. Mark 9, 41 says, For whosoever shall give you a cup of water to drink in my name, because ye belong to Christ, verily I say unto you, he shall not lose his reward. If you want to be a, a faithful friend, show appreciation. Number four. There's only five, okay? Number four. People want to be affirmed. Well, preacher, now, now, hold on. This sounds all similar and the same. Well, it, it is kind of close, but each one has a special nuance. I want you to understand this. You know that you show appreciation for what people do. You affirm someone for who they are. I read about a preacher. This was, I'm not going to give the name. But uh, read about a preacher, and, and, and he was, I'm talking about a confident preacher, uh, a pastor of a large church and, and all this kind of thing. If there's anybody who was self-assured and all of that, it would be him. And he said this in confidence to another pastor. He said, you know, I have a terrible, terrible self-image. My self-esteem is just... Is just and you'd never guess that about this man. Never guess that about the man. He said, I guess it goes back that my dad never affirmed me. He never showed his love to me for who I am. People are starving for this. Someone who will uh, love them at all times that's why Proverbs 17, verse 17 says, A friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Affirming someone. Last, people want to be assured. They want to be assured. Proverbs 27, verse 10 says, Thine own friend and thy father's friend forsake not. They want to know that everything's okay. They want to know that, that, that you're going to be a friend and that, and that you understand what they're going through. Romans chapter 12, verse 15 says, Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Sometimes people don't need an answer. Sometimes people just need a shoulder. Sometimes people need a, a tear in the eye. Sometimes people just need someone to sit and be quiet and be still with them while they hurt. They need to be assured. Now, it's, it's, this, is, this is, if you want to be a faithful friend, this is what the Bible, I mean, I've, I've pointed to the Bible on all of these things. And Jesus is a perfect example. He does all of these things so very well. And that's why so many songwriters have written about Jesus, our friend. I found a friend who is all to me. His love is ever true. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. Jesus, what a friend for sinners. All that. And by the way, that's the best thing about the whole message is this. Jesus is the friend of sinners. So if you came today and you don't have this faithful friend as Jesus Christ in your heart, let me tell you something. We don't have him in a bag somewhere that we can give him to you. No, 
He's available directly to you. Him that comes to me, Jesus said, I will in no wise cast out. But please do not miss this statement. Jesus said at the great white throne judgment that he would one day say to multitudes, he would have to say this, depart from me, ye that work in iniquity, I never knew you. That does not have to be. You can walk out this door and you can, you can say, well, I've got plenty of time. I don't, I don't, I don't need Jesus Christ in that way. Uh, things are going pretty good, you know. And, but when you hit rock bottom, don't expect that you will have opportunity at that moment to be saved. Don't expect when that truck crosses that yellow line and you have less than one second to respond and your decision that you made today is sealed then. Today, I give you Jesus, was her song. I give you Jesus. What will you do with him? He's a faithful friend. A faithful friend is someone who walks in when everybody else walks out. You'll never have a friend like him. We'll always try to be a friend in the same way that he is, but we'll never have a friend as good as Jesus. Is he your friend? Do you spend time with him? Somewhere in the shadows, you will find Jesus waiting his turn on our busy schedule in our busy life. And when you turn to him, you'll kick yourself and you'll say, why didn't I go to Jesus sooner? Heavenly Father, I pray now that if there's someone in here that does not have a personal relationship with you, I'm not talking about joining the church, that's a good thing. I'm not talking about getting baptized, that's a wonderful step of obedience. But Lord, a personal relationship with you that's found through your saving grace, that you accept us, you embrace us. Help us, Lord, to turn to you. Lord, we're weak and we're hurting and we have no strength. But Lord, when we were without strength, you reach out to us. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. If you died today, right here where you sit, or if that trumpet were to blow and the church of Jesus Christ, the saved believers, were to be raptured out of here, would you be left behind? If you'd say, preacher, I don't know if I'm saved. Perhaps my loneliness is an indication that I don't have that faithful friend in my life. I come to church. I read the Bible. I do the things that Christians do. And Satan will encourage you to do all those things. He'll encourage you to go to church. Say, preacher, really? Yeah, sure he will. Just as long as you don't get saved. If he can talk you out of that, he'll let you do anything you want religiously. I wonder if you would invite Jesus Christ 
into your heart and life and to save your soul, forgive your sins. He will take you to heaven. He'll put your name down in the Lamb's Book of Life. <laughs> He'll do it all today. Don't turn that friend away. Say, well, preacher, what do I do? Would you pray this prayer and mean it from your heart to God? Would you simply say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying in my place on the cross. I'm asking you to forgive my sins. I believe you died and rose again. And as the Son of God, I ask you to save my soul, take me to heaven when I die. I'm trusting you, Jesus, to do that for me. Thank you for saving me. Our heads are still bowed, our eyes are still closed. If you would say, preacher, as best you knew how, I did that. I did it. And I meant it. Let me tell you something. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 